0: Hosted on dimlywit.com.
1: Robert Bob East is a highly experienced senior healthcare manager who's performed testing using equipment like they had on CSI. He's the proud papa of six and proud grandpa to five, as well as the current owner slash servant of a rescue Tomcat named Zeke. He's a former martial artist, baseball catcher, band geek, dungeon master, and Episcopal senior warden. It also just says at the bottom here, so I'm just going to say it, I am Groot. I'm sneaking A little up over. on you, Megan. I'm coming to get you. Hi. I'm right behind you, Megan. Well,
2: he's right behind
1: you. Oh, Archie's right behind me. And I'm right behind Megan. And our guest is right in front of us both. Hi everyone, it's Dressed for the Podcast You Want. Feels like we haven't done this in a hot minute. This is also the first time in a while that I'm not monitoring, so I don't have my headphones on, so I don't know how it sounds. It looks good. And our formation looks
2: really good in this room.
1: And we look odd. We look weird. <laughs> this is the first time we've had three people in the same room in a very long time. But I'm here and I'm David.
2: <laughs> and I'm Megan.
1: And this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is, all of it has been... And let's just go ahead. And, you don't have to be quiet either. This is our this is our our guest this is Robert East. Hi. Hi, <laughs> Robert. How
0: are you? Good.
1: Okay. Monosyllabic <laughs> answers very good for an audio medium. We love that. We love to see it. Okay. Okay. Two syllables. <laughs> I'm sneaking up on Megan.
2: We are literally formed like a train in what? our recording room. And I wh- can't look at David.
1: I like to think we've made a little C. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we're. But what did you want to say something
2: wait, wait, explain who robert is
1: i'm going to i haven't gotten there yet okay. we're not there yet
2: oh, i'm sorry I'm i'll
1: sorry. also probably have said something in the beginning part but i don't know what i will have said because this is the future robert <laughs> is my stepdad and he's our guest today and archie's making some really aggressive lip smacking noises at that information but
2: in case anybody was worried yes he is here so we're right. all here
1: there are really four people in the room if you think about it <laughs> so papa yes how are you how does it feel to be on the podcast?
0: Oh, well, it is something that I had thought about, but didn't really have any concept of. And so now that I'm here, I'm going, yeah, this kind of reminds me a little bit of back in the day when I was a midnight DJ in college and was it didn't as- have a clue as to what I was doing I then either, but I had a <laughs> lot of fun. <laughs>
1: That's what I was going to ask. Was it as organized or better organized or worse organized?
0: Well, at midnight on Sunday morning frankly I'm not sure that anybody other than five or six drunk guys actually listen
1: <laughs> well and to those five or six drunk guys who are listening today as well thanks for listening that's me have you you've never been on a podcast I have not have you ever listened to a podcast
0: I have listened to some of yours
1: oh that's true do you listen to other podcasts sorry I, it also probably sounds bad right now my mic is drooping have you listened to other podcasts
0: um a couple I mean I've listened to a couple of sports related ones and you know, basically came away with the impression that this is two guys sitting around talking about stuff that normally they would have done in a bar. previously. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And now they have an audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing as well.
1: So <laughs> let's let's start it out. Welcome to our bar. I want to ask you the first question. You know it as you've listened to the podcast. Do you consider yourself a successful person?
0: I do, but it's funny how success has changed in my personal definition over time. Mm. At one point, I considered myself successful because I was gainfully employed and had a family that I was successfully raising and, Mm. you know, had friends and family and whatnot. And then as time has gone on, I've come to understand that success is more a mindset than it is necessarily a destination or Mm. an event. So uh, I think that I'm successfully living the life that I intend to live more so than saying that I've been successful because of the position that I have or the accomplishments that I've had.
1: Well, let's start there first. Let's start with the, with the because we do, you know, we do professional and then personal and then interpersonal. Sure. Or maybe we do those last two in the opposite order. I honestly can't remember what the definition of those words is anymore. What's (laughs) interpersonal? Hey, dad, what's interpersonal mean?
0: Interpersonal as I understand it. (laughs) (laughs) not being a psychologist or a sociologist, is where you are talking about how you have integrated your life with others and managed to find a way to communicate and or, you know.
1: Yeah, it's person to person, right?
0: Interpersonal
2: is. Yeah. Maybe what we meant by the third category was that it's Inner person. Inner personal. Get it, in, The inside, how you talk to yourself on your insides.
1: Megan's in the middle right now, and I really <laughs> want that to be the style <laughs> of all of your deliveries tonight, guys, please. I look
2: and feel
1: absolutely crazy. You <laughs> feel like a
2: crazy person.
1: <laughs> how, do you consider yourself a, pr- a professional success? You got a job in the medical field that I don't quite understand when people ask what you do.
0: Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that I feel a little bit like forensic specialists probably felt in the early 2000s when CSI hit. Everybody knew that there were people who investigated crime scenes, but they didn't really think about it. And then all of a sudden CSI hits and they're going, oh, this is way cool. Well, nobody thought anything about laboratory medicine, which is what I've done pretty much consistently for the last 30 years until covid became a thing and then suddenly getting tested was a huge deal Mm. and so now when i tell people that i work in a medical testing facility the first question that comes out is do you do covid testing and yes we do (laughs) of course i've also worked in labs where we do toxicology testing and some of the other stuff toxicology
1: one is hey, this guy's got drugs in his blood.
0: That's part of it. It can be pre-employment. Oh. oh. Post-accident. Oh. It can be forensic post-mortem. Mm. It can also be traffic stop. Yeah. Wow. We do a lot of testing for the city of Philadelphia, but we also do the support for the opioid uh, crisis, which, by the way, has gotten even worse. It's so mm. bad. What are we going to do about it? Well, I, the problem is that <laughs> During this entire pandemic, one of the biggest challenges has been people who were marginally capable of coping with their current circumstances have, if anything, turned inward because they haven't had the outside stimulus or the ability to be able to talk to people or spend time outside of a virtual environment. So we see a lot more.
1: They've (laughs) turned inward and done a lot of yoga.
0: You know, that is one of the (laughs) things that's become a a bigger part of it is people focusing on their their personal well-being. But unfortunately, there are also people that have felt completely separated from the rest of the world. Yeah. And so that's been a thing as well, is we talk about the losses that we've had with the pandemic, but there's a secondary piece to that as well that's... People self-medicating or trying to cope in an unfortunately very unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. So there's just a whole laundry list of things that in 30 years of laboratory science, I'd never come across. And then the pandemic completely changed the whole dynamic, the way that people test and, you know, virtual collections of specimens now is a thing that didn't exist before. Mm.
1: I feel that way about a lot of professions right now. I think, I think in, on, Also in the health spectrum, but mental health. I think about, I I talked to my therapist a lot about how, like, what a buck wild time to be a therapist, especially now during a pandemic, but even before that, in a time where, like, social media is doing what it's doing and the internet's doing what it's doing, and, like, to have just no, like, you can't get trained for that. You can't, you can't know what to expect when you're at therapy school.
2: Like, how can training institutions keep up with that?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I'm fortunate enough that therapists that I've been seeing, is a a very capable individual who just ro- recently wrote a very nice piece that I read that was talking about the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. because she is a you know black lady, but more specifically a, a very gifted counselor in my opinion and it was absolutely fascinating to read some of the things that she is dealing with in, in her practice
1: So she wrote a oh she wrote what, what was the piece about it was about like
0: well it was talking about how the the biggest challenge right now is that there are a lot of people who understand and appreciate intellectually Mm. what's going on within, you know, the systemic racism and some of the other things that have been brought to light. But the bigger challenge is how do you help individuals be able to get into a more healthy mindset or be able to feel better about themselves or about what they're having to deal with every day with the fact that the triggers are in your face and continuing. Yeah, yeah. So in a lot of cases if you run into an individual that's gone through PTSD for example and they were a combat veteran well they're not in combat anymore but they're real they're still reliving. Yeah. But if you're traumatized by what you've seen and it it, it continues to be ongoing how do you get somebody into a healthy mindset to be able to deal with that knowing that tomorrow you you're still going to be facing things but somehow you're going to have to be able to figure out a way to come to grips with that or or figure out a way to health in a healthy way be able to cope with it yeah it's something that i never would have thought of and yet she very eloquently described it and it was a just a and an incredible conversation for me to we we covered it over two or three discussions Mm.
1: well i don't want to leap too far ahead because i feel like we will that that will be part of the conversation in a later category i want to just touch back briefly on on professional a little bit and like you this is a job that you've had how long you been here
0: i've been here so for eight years with With Drug Scan.
1: Eight years with Drug Scan. We can say that. Oh,
0: we can say the name Drug
1: Scan. Mm. Drug Scan. And you like it there? Uh, Are they going to listen to
0: this? Can uh, you tell
1: us about Marsha and HR?
0: uh, No, I'm not going (laughs) to tell you about Marsha and HR. Is there a Marsha? No, there's
2: not. Okay. (laughs) So we can't tell you about her.
0: (laughs) No. No, the, the thing that has been also amazing is that when I came to work for. My current employer, we were a toxicology testing laboratory, a very good one, and we still are, but we have gone into several different areas, and I consider ours us to be in a growth phase, but we're diversifying and going into things that fortunately, because I've been in this industry for 30 years, I've experienced all kinds of different tests, uh, ty- types of testing. So I can see where we're going, and that really makes it exciting for me because there's a lot of growth opportunity here. The industry is different than it was a year ago. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so we're aggressively working towards becoming more relevant, even from the most basic aspects of how you report out results or how you perform the testing that you're doing. And because of the way that things are being reorganized and because I've got this experience, my boss is actually depending upon me to help him reorganize the company in the way that we do it, mm, which nice. is is an exciting and And very stimulating thing at the same time, because you you could very easily look at this and go, well, this is a proud profession. I, you know, the original healthcare system was all religious. It was a Mm. service Mm -hmm. and, uh, it became not for profit or became a profit seeking entity in the, you know, 1960s. Now we're to the point where I'm owned by a nonprofit organization Mm -hmm. And uh we're doing some amazing things and, and it's it's exciting to see where laboratory medicine is going. And you have a boss? I do.
1: That boss has a boss? Yes. That boss has a boss?
0: Yeah, eventually you get up to the you know, the folks who are at the executive level at, you know, Rochester Regional. You so wanna be the boss? I'm pretty happy where i'm at right now uh i have a fair number of people that already report to me directly or indirectly yeah. so, you know i'm approaching a lot of people mm. so there comes a point where when you get into a certain level of management you start asking yourself how far away from the front line and the the people that are actually doing the job do you want to be mm. and i still like to work with the front line people
1: there yeah. Yeah. Once you get boss, 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 you right. know, you don't, you don't, you, you don't see as many people, I imagine. Yeah. Right. Megan, you have a question? Yeah. Uh, Raise your hand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Guys, I'm raising my hand. Did I hear you mention in the past that you just growing up as a, as a, as a young lad, <laughs> were you the, like the science guy in the family? And was that, yeah? and was that, how was that? Was that welcome? Was that encouraged or did it take a bit?
0: No, I was a, it was actually um made my my parents very proud because it was a concrete definite kind of role to have in the world. Mm. Mm. My parents were baby boomers or are baby boomers is <laughs> is more specifically the way to put it because they're still around and you know I'm fortunate to have that. But no, my dad was, you know, engineer draftsman type individual. Mom not you know did several things bookkeeper and um, office manager type work for Mm. the most part but they looked at their son and said oh you like science gonna be a doctor (laughs) so i actually went to school my freshman year and was in the pre-med program now pre-med was a catch-all for dentists and laboratory scientists and doctors and um, pharmacists. Basically, it was a core group of classes. And that was the way that things operated in the early 80s. -hmm. So I got into it and discovered that You know, I really enjoyed the lab work and that was the direction I ended up going. But I spent 13 years actually performing the testing, most of it on third shift, because that's when most of the work gets done. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, it was it was something that my parents definitely applauded. I had a pretty good understanding of roughly what I wanted to do. And fortunately, I ended up doing it. Mm.
1: I want to use this as a pivot into the interpersonal. Do you consider yourself successful interpersonally and i want to ask that for i have a very, this is a very unique question to be able to ask in this circumstance do parents have
0: friends <laughs> let me tell you about what it's like <laughs> to be a parent okay
1: do parents have friends though? let me let me let me tell you what it's like <laughs> to
0: be a parent Okay, because you're going to need this someday, most Soon. likely. Soon, God, I'm here for this. Six okay. months. <laughs> so here's what happens. Uh, you go your entire life up to a certain point, and you can dress yourself, mm-hmm. and you have a sense of humor, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know how to socialize, and you think you at least have some semblance of dance moves. I got at least half of those. And: half the, you, the you, of you basically, you have your own identity. People call you by your name. <laughs> okay <laughs> So what happens when you have children? Okay. <laughs> Shortly after I had children, we'll just use David as an example.: I, what: that's I no longer had I no longer had a name. I was <laughs> David's father. If I dressed a certain way, you're not going out in public like that, are you? Now, fortunately, I also have four daughters between a couple of marriages, and I was able to use that same line with them a couple of times, <laughs> especially when boys became a thing, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> then my jokes were lame. Oh um, no. um, and and dad, don't don't make that face and dance in public
1: it's got to be a bell curve though right has it another just i think we
2: literally introduced him as your stepdad to this podcast what else
1: was i gonna do that's the (laughs) most important part of his relationship to me and 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 the 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 podcast about me
0: i'm okay about that because after a while i said his name eventually (laughs) yes it's robert yes (laughs)
1: <laughs> but eventually eventually,
0: eventually <laughs> that's fine that's okay the fact that you allowed me in the house to do this is already a step in the right direction well and
1: can you talk about what what an interesting bell curve it must be about like I, i'm i'm a person now right like i'm a, like i'm a person that you can like hang out and have fun and have jokes with as opposed to like you know making
2: sure he doesn't go poopy
1: yeah making sure i don't literally die right like like <laughs> I'm, I'm not, you know, children to a certain level are glorified houseplants that you're just kind of like, all right, I gotta fucking take care of this thing. It's a, it's, 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 it's an obligation if not a burden, you know, that you choose to have, but it is one, right?
0: Just keep digging that hole. No, it son. is one. You're making this sound so attractive to Megan right now, who by the way is going to have the Six much months. harder part in all of this whole
1: child <laughs> bearing thing. Well, and so I don't know. Isn't it cool that I'm so cool now?
2: That's what this is about. Interpersonally, do you think David is cool?
0: I will say this. I will Ah. say this. I have been blessed that there are six individuals on this earth who refer to me as their father. Mm -hmm. And I am pleased and proud of all of them. For the individuals that they have become, they're at different stages in their lives. I have two children that are homeowners. I have two children who have no children of their own. I have grandchildren. And I am pleased to say that I love hanging out with all of them. Nice. And that I greatly respect everything that they have done to become the successful adults that they are. And it pleases me every day of my life to know that they've made it to places where they appear to be happy, healthy, independent. And while they don't have all of the answers, they also (laughs) don't strike me as being hopelessly lost.
2: One of them will definitely make up some answers and... (laughs) That's well, me. that's that one. That, that doesn't one. mean
0: that they're not full of shit sometimes.
1: <laughs> well, and again, how cool, right? Like, what a good, what a good. I must feel very accomplished. Babies are so frail.
0: Well, children, <laughs> children are the lifelong investment that you have no idea what is going to happen to them. But you're equally, me- in equal measure, you're terrified and glorified mm-hmm. because you love your children you want to keep them from undergoing any unfortunate unpleasant experience and yet if they don't they can't figure out the difference between where I want to be where I should be yeah and and everything that goes into being successful because if if they can't experience life if they can't go away and do certain things, and make mistakes. Mm-hmm. A- and to a certain extent, my mistake may not be your mistake. Yeah. Because that's the other piece is is that I'm looking at things through my life experience, which is drastically different than yours. So I might look at something and go, hey, I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> You're not in jail. You're not hurt. <laughs> and, um, you know, at this point, I don't think your dignity's harmed. <laughs> Plus, sometimes some of those stories become some of the funniest things that we get to share later. Can't,
2: can't harm your dignity if you don't have any. That's, I wasn't going <laughs> to go
1: there, but yeah. Well, there is that. But do, but do, but do but parents have also, friends, though? Also.
0: Parents do have friends. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of times there are other parents, and we sit around and we talk about how our kids can <laughs> do what our kids are. got to go talk shit about our kids. <laughs>
1: Cheers. Welcome to this, me, Arthur Greenleaf Holmes, until recently, anonymous poet. For those of you familiar with me, hello again. For those of you unfamiliar, who am I? Well, I guess I'm a poet. A lesser poet, and yes, I accept that. Perhaps that's because I like to make people laugh in my poetry, and I suppose that makes me a poet-comedian, why? Why would anyone become a poet-comedian? The simple answer is that I love both. My intention throughout this series is to introduce you not only to some of my own poems, but to marry them with the great works of the English language, writers that have influenced, delighted, and astounded me in some fashion. You can always find me on Facebook and also on Instagram and sometimes on Twitter, although I'm not very fond of Twitter. I don't do very well when I'm limited to a small number of characters.
0: And I'm Tina. And we're the hosts of the podcast, Obsessed with the Best. We met in a spin class in New York City. Right after my Brazilian wax. Oof. (laughs) And we've been friends ever since. We've worked as actresses, singers, models, makeup artists, and producers. Depending on the week, we're doing something totally different. And because of our jobs, we have to try everything. Products, trends, you name it. And then we give you the real
1: deal over drinks. We promise to only talk about the best of the best, The things
2: we're absolutely obsessed with. And we cover it all because we know that
0: a book and a documentary can add just as much value to your life as a jade roller and a cocktail. Welcome to Obsessed Obsessed with with the Best with Alex and and Tina. Tina. Don't forget to like, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Obsessed with the Best Pod. Uh, you know, this whole play date thing, nobody cared about the kids. It was like, my God, I have got to go talk to somebody. Oh, God, in an adult. Real adult language. Yeah, <laughs> Another adult.
1: Full sentences, please. Yeah. Uh, you
0: know, that's the thing is, is that you love your children, but, you know, there are times that you're just going, I, I-, I love you, but I, I got to go talk to somebody I- else. I need to talk to
2: somebody who's not a really loud houseplant.
0: I can't talk about ren and stimpy another moment i've got to talk about something meaningful in my life
1: mine was pokemon i remember so vividly sitting in the back seat with uncle michael driving at one point and i was just like going on about pokemon i thought it was so cool and i was telling him all this fun stuff and he was just like okay that's enough i don't, we can't talk about this anymore and i was like <laughs> I don't understand. This is such a cool, fun thing that I'm sharing with you. I understand now
0: because I've also interacted with children as an adult. Okay, well, let let me – yeah, we all go through that because, Uh you know, I remember my father father making the mistake at one point after he stopped making those faces every time that I would talk to him about Dungeons & Dragons. Mm -hmm. I remember him asking me once – And and I'll give him credit. I think he was honestly trying to get an understanding of why his son spent time doing what was essentially a glorified improvisation slash creative writing process (laughs) when he should have been focusing on sports. Um, And he asked me and I tried to explain to him the nuances. And I had never, I, I didn't understand it at the time what seeing people's eyes glaze over was like (laughs) but i you know i just i was so excited my dad wanted to hear it yeah and then afterwards i figured out okay i lost him about 20 minutes ago (laughs) so yeah
1: well and to be fair i could probably still do that to someone about pokemon or dungeons and dragons but yeah i do it to megan all the time megan's a really good sport I'll be like Megan. This great thing just happened in Pokemon. She'll be like, "Uh huh." Tell me about it.
2: <laughs> well, because you do it with like half of a smirk on your face, so I it, there's a self awareness when you're when you're telling me these things. <laughs> well,
0: it, I, I'm sure that you've noticed. I don't know what that means. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you you know that it's still a little niche. It's sure, and that may, I I also don't partake in it. So you you understand your audience.
0: That's you fair. do. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good. Because <laughs> if you haven't noticed, the best way to describe males in general, and being a male, I feel like I can say this without of <laughs> contradiction. We are seven year olds with X number of years of experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we are still, you know, I, I can still remember on some level, the excitement of going into the woods where I grew up in a little place called Madison, Indiana. And coming back with woodland creatures, oh, geez. and you know <laughs> the the baby garter snake or the bat that I found that I brought back in the pop tart box, <laughs> and um, bring I, and I was delighted. I brought them home to my mother. I wanted my mom to be able to experience the joy <laughs> to that share I share with yeah. this experience yes. with you. And all I can remember is that at some point, mom told me I couldn't have Pop Tart boxes anymore. Oh, <laughs>
1: fair enough. I wouldn't be too jazzed either. To be fair, if if our job brought a bat into the house, I would that would be less than pleased.
2: I had a I had a similar like want of wanting to do something really cool and share it with my parents and then uh, and then I cut my hair when I was about 5 <gasps> and I nearly killed my father. Oh
1: my god, you yeah. did?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like a nice diagonal cut up the you were like back, like back side of my head. They're going to
1: love this. I was like,
2: oh, they're going to be like, look at you, you big girl. Yes, cutting your hair." And oh no, it didn't it didn't go over like that. I think my dad <laughs> nearly died in front of me. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that didn't go well see that's that's the thing that you have to understand is is that if you if you raise a child (laughs) to be independent you you, you're hoping for whatever reason in your mind that they will have the same basic thought process you do which is (laughs) that there are certain things that you would never do because that's just not appropriate but children spend an awful lot of their time trying to expand their worldview by trying things Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. and if you can put two and two together i have seen them take this tool right and i have seen them do this and it seemed to bring joy at the moment so i can work on a different canvas and imagine what that (laughs) is going to you know i can see the look and In their eyes, and I used to be able to tell when my children were a certain age, I could look at them in the eye and I'd go, he's cooking something up. He Dear has- God, what have I left down that he has <laughs> seen and he is imagining in his mind how he is going to create artwork <laughs> with this? To be fair,
1: that's how I feel about Archie. So. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's creative. He's very creative. Yes. Like, I can tell. There's thoughts in that head right now as yeah. I look at your face. He's thinking yeah. about something. So,
0: you know, my mom has a famous picture of me having gotten into her makeup. <laughs> oh. oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was uh, four or five years old. Hmm. And uh, it is a work of art. Yeah, I didn't quite do it exactly the same way she did, but it was something that I remember <laughs> seeing my mother do. And uh, she seemed to take a great deal of pride and enjoyment in it, or at least in my mind, it seemed to be that way. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she wasn't around to assist. I came out. I was excited. She wasn't. <laughs> There was a picture.
1: Makeup's expensive.
0: Uh, Well, the thing is, is that if I remember correctly, the look on my face is somewhat shattered because I thought that this was a work of art. Mm. And as a child, you pick up on subtle cues like that ghastly expression that your parents suddenly have on their face while they're going, how, why, what, (laughs) Huh?" All at the same time. It's like the words cannot come out because there are so many thoughts at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. But somehow or the other, the kid managed to come up with the idea. And again, if you can get a child through early years without them maiming themselves, you know, falling out of trees or falling off bikes or, you know, having a you know hey hold my beer moment with their buddies <laughs>
1: sinkholes opening up underneath them
0: sinkholes underneath them or skateboarding over the grand canyon yeah. something that just seemed cool at the moment <laughs> i mean it's if you get them to a certain point and they're not damaged is the best way to put it mm. then you have these equal feelings of love satisfaction and relief <laughs> all at the same time mm. so when you when you deal with with the the awesome responsibility of trying to raise children. And I say that awesome, not just because it's, it's huge, but also because it's, it's an incredible, incredible thing to take a a young being and watch this person grow. Mm -hmm. And then one day you look up and you've got a son who has a podcast of his (laughs) own. You're just going, where did I go wrong? I mean, uh, (laughs)
1: All right. Enough about how awesome and damaged I am. Let's go to personal. How's how's because that sounds successful, professionally successful, interpersonally. How's Robert's relationship with Robert?
2: The the inner personal.
1: I'm gonna kick you off this podcast. Uh,
0: <laughs> you know that's that's probably the the thing that I feel the best about now.
1: Well, tell the microphone. You're too <laughs> far away.
0: Oh, I'm I'm truly sorry. There you are. <laughs> All right, here I am. Probably the best way to start out this conversation is, is that, of course, this is a podcast, which means that there's not a televised portion of this, which is probably best because I've always thought of myself as having a face for radio. (laughs) However, (laughs) uh, I will say that after going through a weight loss of 130 pounds and watching my diabetes get to the point now to where I am actually in the normal range without medication mm-hmm. mm. and wow. being able to get back on a bike 30 years after the last time that I had ridden one yeah. and, and not thoroughly embarrass myself. <laughs> and the other day, in fact, it was last weekend. I periodically go on very long hikes just because I like to return to my youth when I used to walk around all day and didn't even think about it. There's a circuit around the uh, Delaware River Mm. that goes across the bridges, and it's along the towpath for the canals Mm. that run alongside it. And there's one that starts at Washington's Crossing and goes across, and then it goes down to Lambertville and across to New Hope and back. It's a 16-mile loop, Mm. and I did it last Sunday. Cool.
1: Wow. So, no way. I, yep.
0: Whoa. Did it that's the second time that I'd done it. So
1: sixteen I did it. miles.
0: Yeah. Wow. This so far. Yep. What did you do while you were
1: walking? Did you listen to anything or did you think about things or no,
0: I, I when I go out into the nature I, I'm I'm open. Hmm. Uh, I pay attention to, you know, the geese that are there with their youngins and the fox that occasionally <gasps> runs across or oh, All the uh, birds that are out there. I mean, I've got pictures of standing next to a blue heron three feet away. Mm -hmm. And the deer and all the other stuff. These are things that the people that are running around, you know, with their headsets, they don't see it. They don't hear it. They're focused totally on that. And when I'm out, I'm totally focused on what I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. So I can do that again. I haven't been able to do that since I was in my 20s. So that's how I go out and celebrate me personally is going out and being able to do things that I used to love doing when I was a kid.
1: And you're in therapy now. I am. For the first time in your life?
0: Yes. You know, I ended up, I knew that there were a lot of things that I wasn't prepared to deal with when uh, I had a rather major change in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of it was to deal with the aspects of my physical health and well-being. And, you know, I'd, kind of grown up in the, um, in the mindset that you just, things go badly. You just deal with it. Yeah. That's my impression
1: of not to, not to get shitty about things, but of, of your generation is that I feel like our generation and the the one succeeding us has a much more, what's the word? Not like maybe it's open, a much more open understanding of mental health than the generations previous. Is that, is that accurate? Is that an accurate assumption?
0: Well, I'd even go so far as to say, uh, there's a, the newer generations and I'm sorry, I'm painting with a very, very large paintbrush here. Doesn't understand the concept of TMI. <laughs> <laughs>
1: of course we don't.
0: Uh, you know, there are certain things that get shared, uh, all the time on, uh, social media that, uh, you know, and, and keep in mind, I'm, I was born in 1964. So I am literally right on the end of the baby boomers. Mm. So there were just certain things that were understood that that y- you could talk to your buddies or you could talk to you know your spouse or you could do certain things. But at the end of the day, you kind of had to come up with these answers yourself. Mm. And that was kind of a, a measure of who you were as a person. And I basically came to the understanding that I was lonely and Unhealthy and not prepared to deal with all of the things that were going on in my life, and that I needed to make changes and I wanted to make sure that I was healthy about it. So, when I went through my weight loss, I went through a medically managed weight loss program. Mm. So, I had medical professionals that I was seeing every week to deal with the implications for my medicines. For example, I was also working with you know, uh, a therapist who understood the traumatic nature of, of sudden life change, unexpected life change, and then the commitment to making a profound difference in, in what you've done. And, and really that's the thing that I'm proudest of and most satisfied with is that, yeah, I'm in a totally different place and, There's a lot of unknowns, and when you get to a certain point in your life, you start thinking, well, how much longer do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. But I feel confident that I work in a job that I enjoy doing, so I'm not quitting to get away from that. Mm -hmm. I'm not quitting because I feel like I have to be home to take care of things with with my parents or my kids because everybody seems to be doing just (laughs) fine without me. (laughs) I'm, you know, other than the fact that I have a, you know, an overly affectionate and somewhat demanding cat at home, pretty <laughs> much capable of going and doing whatever I want to do. So I look at things and go, OK, I don't have the same answers to what I think is coming next that I once had. But that's OK, mm. because the, the thing that I tried to impress upon all of my children all along was that success is whatever you personally decide it is. So I never said that, in spite of the fact that my son once promised me Harrison Ford money.
1: I know, okay, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, after the podcast, that's I've heard, I've heard this. If. Yeah, uh, <sighs> that I
0: always told him that you know you you got to go to Carnegie Mellon because it gave you a network and opportunities. Yeah, and other children had the opportunity to to go to school or to train in various areas. Because that's what called to them. That's what they felt like they wanted to do. And I've always been very happy about the fact that my children eventually found something that made them happy. So I'm happy with who I am right now. I'm still a work in progress and and will be till the day I die. But my children are, are in a good place. And I feel like that I'm in a pretty good place. And, you know, life is now all about, to a certain extent, what I choose to make of it.
1: Mm. I'm really proud of you, too. Yeah. I could literally there's so many questions I want to ask and things I want to talk about but statistically no one will listen after a certain point so we're gonna start wrapping it up I'm gonna say some ending stuff and then you'll tell us your advice for success how we can be successful like you okay so take a safe to think about that Megan yes thanks for listening to dress for the podcast you want you're welcome I loved it I'm David I'm Megan and this has been dress for the podcast you want <laughs> you can check us out on Facebook Instagram Twitter all that fun stuff I also want to give a huge thanks to dimly wit uh, you can go to dimlywit.com there are network and they host a bunch of other podcasts like bad examples and we're just talking podcast and obsessed with the best so go to dimlywit.com check out our podcast other podcasts get all up on it boy oh boy do they put up with us but they are such good sports <laughs> that's all the oh wait that's all now that's all we don't have a <laughs> patreon anymore good it's we're oh, oh oh this is the last episode of this season This is, we're going to take a little summer break. So this is the last episode of season five. We really, I just can't stress enough how much we appreciate y'all listening and tuning in and being cool. Hey, just be, just be cool. Just be cool. Guys, be cool. Be cool. Thanks for being cool. (laughs) Papa, what's your advice for success?
0: Advice for success is that it's, it's a personal decision. I, I think you have to have a realistic expectation of what it is that makes you feel like you're successful. And that changes as you age. So just be honest with yourself and, and forgive yourself if you don't get what you thought you were going to as quickly as you would like it. And the rest of it will take care of itself.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a really great note to end the season on. Yeah. All right, Megan, take us out.
2: dress for a podcast and you better put it in your ears and put it in your brain and then listen to the advice that is given to you. I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper. Why is this happening? (laughs) That was a lot.
1: That was a lot right there. (laughs) Did you like it though? (laughs) Okay.